To him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his own blood and made us a kingdom and priest to God and his Father, to him be the glory and power forever. Amen. Word of God for our study this Sunday is our second lesson, 2 Corinthians 4, 3-6. We read again, But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled among those who are perishing. In the case of those people, the God of this age has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from clearly seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is God's image. Indeed, we do not preach ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For the God who said, Light will shine out of darkness, is the same one who made light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the person of Jesus Christ. This is the word of our Lord. Dear friends and fellow disciples, many of you can probably remember the first verse or more of Bruce Springsteen's hit song from the 80s, Glory Days. I had a friend who was a big baseball player back in high school. He could throw that speedball by you, make you look like a fool boy. Saw him the other night at this roadside bar. I was walking in, he was walking out. We went back inside, sat down, had a few drinks, but all he kept talking about was glory days. Well, they'll pass you by glory days. In the wink of a young girl's eye, glory days, glory days. The rest of the song is a narrative of of similar experiences and nostalgia ending with, and I hope when I get old, I don't sit around thinking about it, but I probably will. Yeah, just sitting back, trying to recapture a little of the glory of, well, time slips away and leaves you with nothing, mister, but boring stories of glory days. The tune was certainly catchy, but I suspect what helped propel the song onto the charts was the the almost universal identification people have with the idea that glory days are great, but they pass you by and soon are nothing but distant memories. Even though everyone's glory days are different, this fading away into memory is pretty much part of everyone's experience. Now you, you may be living your glory days right now, of flying high in your career or a chosen sport or pastime. Your glory days may even still lie ahead. Success in your field, recognition for your achievements, honors for your academics, awards in your sport, promotion in your career. But whether they are behind, ahead, or with you right now, it's wise not to count on your glory days lasting or returning if they've already passed. The movie star's beauty slips away as she ages and is eclipsed by younger stars. The stupendous pomp and circumstance of the new king's coronation is replaced by the dull and tiring realities of actually governing his nation. The injured all-star athlete heals but never quite recovers his previous form and is dropped from the roster. And on a more ordinary level, our own experiences tell us about Standing out in high school only to become one of thousands in college and then struggling to be noticed in our career. 
Or about finally getting the recognition and promotion that we'd worked so hard for only to find that changes in the organization or technology soon leave you out of the loop and struggling just to keep up. And we all, once we get past 30 or 40, have those realizations when we look in the mirror or attempt some physical activity that used to come easily, the realization that the glories of youth simply do not last as long as we want them to. And that is precisely what we should expect. As much as we might lament or even resent it, the impermanence and fading of whatever glories we might enjoy in life is always going to be part of our experience this side of heaven. There's no way to make it last, because that, if it lasted, that would mean it was perfect, and the perfect is impossible in our world, since sin entered into it, and because we are sinners. Can you imagine the hundreds of years that Adam and Eve would have had to remember the glory days of their life in Eden before they fell into sin and doomed mankind and all creation with death? Ever since, every one of us is a rebel against God's will and commands, and, and none of us is capable of living the perfect life that would give us peace with our Creator. Our best efforts can only get us so far in this world because they will always be flawed, and they can never get us into the next world. Because the Father's standards for entry into paradise do not involve good intentions, but require perfect execution. Without perfection, and with sin, we get what our disobedience and imperfection deserves. Death and damnation. Eternity not in heaven, but hell, where it will be hard to even hold on to memories of the glory days that passed us by here on earth. Which gives us one of the reasons why we especially tend to treasure the moments, the hours, or even years of glory when we get them. On the Mount of Transfiguration, what, what Peter and the other two disciples were experiencing was, was a lifetime worth of glory days compressed into mere minutes. And they became acutely aware that they did not want that glory to fade away. They wanted to preserve it indefinitely and have a little bit of heaven here on earth. Master, let's make three tents. One for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. What he was asking for could not happen. Not just because it was not part of God's plan, but also because such perfection would be problematic as a permanent thing in an imperfect world. But no one told Peter that. Jesus did not answer or, or correct him. But Peter did get an answer. He may not even have recognized it as an answer. If, if we start by translating his suggestion into what he was really saying, which is really what happens when we pray, he was asking, Lord, can we please have this glorious glory of glories last? And out of the cloud, the Father answered, 
You want to keep in touch with this glory? It won't be with a tent or by looking at Moses or Elijah. You want the glory to last? There is only one way, only one person. This is my Son whom I love. Listen to Him. This is the point that Paul is making in our reading from 2 Corinthians, really in a long section of 2 Corinthians 3 and 4, of which our reading is is just a a summary or or highlight. There are all sorts of experiences of glory. And and in Israel's history, the the glory that shone from Moses' faith after he spent time with the Lord was, was one of the most memorable. But all of those different glories faded And they will always fade in comparison to the greater glory that is Christ. And His glory not only does not fade, it is also glory that is ours to have and to hold on to because when we listen to Him, when we hear and trust His Word, the good news of our salvation When we listen to Him, His light shines in our hearts and God gives us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the person of Jesus Christ. How is that possible? Why is that true? It's because Jesus is the light that dispels all darkness. The darkness of sin, the darkness of unbelief, the darkness of death, the darkness of the devil's scheming and oppression, all of it. And with Christ's coming, with his life, his death, and his resurrection, he shines that light into the hearts of sinners and not only delivers them, he gives them what is his, his holiness, his life, his glory. Today is is the last Sunday in the Epiphany season. And this revealing of Christ's light and glory has been the constant theme. But today we also say farewell to Alleluia, the, the praise of the Lord, as we enter into the season of Lent. This is a liturgical expression that, that gaining all, us all that life and glory came at a great cost to Jesus. The the glory days of of popularity with the crowds and and performing miracles of love and power were replaced with the pains of His passion. He was betrayed and arrested. He was put on trial by the very people who should have welcomed Him and He was, was condemned for telling the truth about who He was. He was whipped, cursed, abused, and nailed to a cross. He bled. His body was racked with pain. And then the Son of God gave up His Spirit and died. He did it all, suffered it all, endured it all, sacrificed it all for you and for me, for every sinner. He did it not because we deserved anything from Him or from His Father, but did it precisely because we deserved death and could never save ourselves. And with His death, 
He paid the price of all our sins and took the punishment that we had earned. He canceled out everything that stood against us and replaced it all with his own righteousness, goodness, love, mercy, and grace for us. And when on the third day he rose from the dead, he made his victory over every enemy clear and unmistakable. We are forgiven all our sins. We are declared innocent for his sake. We will live forever because he conquered death for us. We have a home in heaven because he opened it for us. The glory that was his from all eternity, he now shares with us and shines in and through us. And you want that glory to last. You want the glory that lasts. And so you do what your Father has told you. You listen. You come to church and you hear God's Word. You take your Bible off the shelf at home and actually and regularly open it and read and meditate on it. You join with others to study and you apply what you hear to your lives. You listen to Jesus, the Son of God, in His Word. And that is how we hold on to the glory that, that He gives us with His cross and His empty tomb. It may not be as spectacular as the dazzling brightness of this transfiguration, but it is just as real. And it lasts forever. Which makes it incredibly, horribly tragic that for so many Many people in this world, glory in this life, on this earth, is all that they will ever have. No matter how high the politician rises, no matter how, what great stardom the celebrity achieves, no matter what records the athlete sets, no matter what successes the striving, ambitious young man or woman might eventually achieve. Without God, without faith in Christ, those are the only glories they will ever know. In contrast, how wonderful it will be for those Christians, those believers, who have had the opposite of glory in this life because they will overflow with it in the next. Those who have suffered persecution, those who have struggled with so many things in their lives, those who have borne heavy crosses, all because they follow Jesus Christ. Well, for them, there will be glory awaiting them in heaven. doesn't mean that in the meantime we don't enjoy glory because even though well because that eternal glory is already a reality it is ours and sometimes occasionally it does come forth for us we experience it and treasure it in this life just as Peter and James and John had it there on the mount of the transfiguration just as Moses every time he went in to talk to the Lord 
But any glory that we know while on this sinful earth as sinful people will always be incomplete. Always be subject to fading away. Not just because of imperfections in the world, but because life gets in and crowds out our appreciation. And sometimes it's not just life. Sometimes it is other things that we allow in. When Christ's glory diminishes in our lives, it's not because of any weakness or impotence on His part. It comes because we, we stop listening to Him. And we allow other influences to intrude on our lives. Other competing glories. Those sins that just seem so wonderful when Satan whispers them in our ears. We lose sight of Christ's glory when we start looking for glory in all the wrong places. Public affirmation with popularity, with money, with success and careers and records and awards and things like that. When we start thinking those are the things that really matter, And it is Christ who really matters. When we begin to look for glory in all the wrong places, well, we are doing just what those unbelievers are doing who are blinded in their minds because they do not clearly see the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ. But we find glory in the same place that we find total and complete understanding of our lives and our world, where we find salvation from sin and every enemy, where we find power to heal and help and change, where we find truth unvarnished and undeniable. We find it in Jesus. And Jesus never does a slow fade. Jesus doesn't disappear or disappoint. Even when he ascended bodily into heaven, he assured his disciples and assured the entire church that he would be with us always, even to the end of the age. Jesus is with us, not just in some imagined or figurative sense, but really and truly. And he is with us not only because as God he is present everywhere, but because through his word, He has taken up residence with us and lives and works and guides and comforts us with His voice as we hear it in the Bible and through His powerful promises in in baptism in the Lord's Supper. So we listen to Him. And when we do, we have absolute confidence that the glory of the Lord is glory for us. In our hearts now through the Gospel, And in heaven for eternity, because of God's grace, because of what Jesus Christ lovingly and willingly did for us. And so we listen. We listen to the word of the Father, the one who made light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the person of Jesus Christ. And so we listen to the Father's Son, whom he loves. We listen to Jesus. And thus we have and rejoice and give thanks for the glory that lasts. Alleluia. Amen. Please rise. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless in the presence of his glory with great joy, 
To the only God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, power, and authority through Jesus Christ, our Lord, before all time, now, and to all eternity. Amen.